Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Hey guys, one more thing before we get into today's interview with Connie Chapman, and it's an amazing one, one of my favorite ones yet. I adore her and I can't wait for you to hear it. But I just want to thank you again for leaving your amazing reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't yet and you're digging the show and you want to support it, it would be amazing if you could tell a friend or go over to iTunes and leave a review and your rating and your feedback. That would be amazing as well. Also, make sure to subscribe on the blog, The Wellness Wonderland, and that's where you can get all the show notes, which would be really great for you to have all the resources and links that we discuss in today's episode, as well as the archive of all past episodes. We're on episode 51 already. Can't believe that. So here we go. Today's review, it's a little bit long, but it's super good. So this review comes from Laura, and she says, I absolutely love Wellness Wonderland Radio. I can't wait for each week's episode. Katie, the show's host, invites informative people that share their valuable information about health and well-being. I so appreciate how much hard work Katie puts into each episode, yet still manages to turn out high-quality, thoughtful, and well-researched interviews each week. I also appreciate the wide range of guests, each with very different theories and practices related to health Katie brings to the show. This diversity allows listeners to walk through and glean something valuable and new each time. It also creates a safe, welcoming, non-judgmental space. I would highly recommend subscribing to this podcast. I guarantee once you do, like me, you'll be hooked. You too will not be able to wait the seven days it takes for the new Wellness Wonderland radio episode to premiere. Katie, you're a star. No, Laura, you are a star. That was the sweetest review. Thank you so much. Made my day. I can't stop smiling. It was long, so thank you guys for listening to it, and now for today's episode. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone, to Wonderland. I'm super excited because Connie Chapman is here today, and Connie is a heart-driven person on a mission to help women live lives in alignment, connection, and in their full-blown fulfillment. She's a certified coach, mentor, inspirational speaker, and writer who empowers women to dive deep, play big, and unlock their true potential. As the host of her own radio show, Awaken Radio, and creator of the 90 Day Transformation Project and the founder of ConnieChapman.com, Connie has helped thousands of women across the globe rekindle their inner glow and beam their light out into the world. Who doesn't want that? She's just so amazing. I absolutely love all of her posts and her blogs and her Instagrams. Her teachings are based on soul-deep transformation, choosing love over fear, abundance over anxiety, and always turning inward for your inner wisdom. 
She's so cool. I'm such a fan of her authentic work, and I really, I love everything she creates because I truly can tell how real and authentic it, it is, and that's obviously everything we promote here in Wonderland. So I'm so lucky. We were just talking before the call how it's so great that Skype and the internet can connect us to people all over the world. She's all the way across the world in Sydney, Australia, and it's morning for her, evening for me, and so I'm just so grateful that we're able to meet halfway in, in Wonderland and, and chat today with everyone. So thank you so much for stopping by, Connie. It is such a privilege to be here with you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Yay! Okay, <laughs> cool. So let's let's dive in here and give yeah. everybody more of a little background of um, where you've been and where you're, you are now and kind of where you're going. So tell us, let's start here with how you found your way to this work and this way of thinking and living in the first place and um, what kind of turned you on to this. Mm. It's been such a journey for me and I always share with people that I've never been one of those overnight success stories. This isn't something that I came onto this path and within 12 months everything was rosy. I feel like I've been working at this stuff for most of my life and, uh, you know, it is such a journey and such a process. But I was lucky enough to grow up with a mum who I guess you would call a little bit of a hippie. She was a bit alternative. Nice. And uh, she really exposed me from a very young age to alternative practices, things like Chinese medicine and kinesiology, uh, to alternative ways of eating. So she would sprout, you know, alfalfa sprouts in the kitchen and, and we grew up on soy milk and brown bread, which... You know, at the time in the sort of 80s and 90s, it was a little bit weird, but um, I, I got this beautiful exposure to this different way of living from quite a young age. And uh, she put me through my Reiki certification when I was 14 years old and through my first personal development program also when I was 14. So I started to kind of get some exposure to it, but uh, never fully embraced it. And when I was about 19, um, I'd had a fight with my boyfriend at the time and Remember, I was sitting in the backyard on the grass and I was like crying and moping as you do. And she just walked out to me and she put a book next to me and she didn't really say anything. She's just like, have a read. This, this might help you. And I looked down and the book was Count Your Blessings by John Demartini. And I started reading this book, which is, it has a strong focus on gratitude and appreciating what you've got and really shifting your mindset around what's going on in your life. And I'm reading this book and all of a sudden I started to feel better. And I'm like, why mm -hmm. do I feel better by reading this? And, and I think any time you notice a real shift in your energy in that you feel different, you feel better, you know you're, you know you're onto something. It, it, something is, is, there's something in that for you. So I was reading this book and I was like, wow, I, I feel better when I read this stuff. So I started devouring my mum's bookshelf and I was lucky enough she had everything from Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, John Dimartini. She had A Course in Miracles. She had um, A Soul's Journey. She had an incredible resource. So I just started, I'd spent all my weekends outside of uni reading these books and I was, I was studying intuition. I was studying, you know, the principles of Louise Hay, which is all about affirmations and mind-body medicine and, and I was just fascinated. And then, I, um, and then I remember I bought my first book of my own, which was Anthony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. 
And that was a turning point for me because it was the first time in my life that I had felt empowered, that I had realized, oh my goodness, I can create my life how I want it to be. I think up until that point, I'd had a very, uh, a real victim mentality, like life just happened to me. You just reacted to life. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. That's just how it was. Um, But reading his book, I realized, you know, I can change myself and therefore experience my world differently. And I can also change my world, you know. So that was a light bulb moment. And I remember reading that book and and thinking to myself, this is what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I want to do. But at the time, it was the late 90s in Australia. And to be honest, this work was not at all... um, accepted it was not even in the mainstream at all the only exposure we really had were you know speakers from the states coming over and there was this judgment on them being um it was a bit cultish everyone kind of thought it was a bit a bit weird so i was also involved in landmark forum um which all my friends thought i was crazy as well but i there was something had sparked in me when i started to become exposed to this stuff that was like no, there's a different way of living your life and I want to know more about this. And then I, then I got into my 20s and I did what most 20-year-olds sort of do and I sidelined all that stuff and my focus became partying, drugs, alcohol and boys and that was pretty much all I cared about. Um, so I, I, I had my little, my little books and my things I would do but, you know, I had a real judgment on them as being kind of weird. So I kind of sidelined them. And I spent most of my 20s with a very external focus. So it was all about uh, controlling my body so I could look a certain way so that people would love me. You know, So I developed a, a really poor relationship with food and with my body. Uh, it was about you know, career. You know? So you try to get this job and, and, um, and have status and, and wear a suit when you go to work. And you know, that means you've made it. And I I was constantly trying to fit in, so I was always changing myself and trying to be what other people wanted, and and I was completely disconnected from myself. So I reached this point at about age 27, 28, where I was like absolutely miserable. I think if I'd gone to a doctor, they would have diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. Um, I, I woke up every day with this pit of dread in my stomach. I hated my life. I hated myself. And... And I was absolutely miserable. And um, I remember at this particular point, I think sometimes you do have to reach a breaking point. And, you know, if we look at it, if we talk about it from a personal develop- development perspective, like Anthony Robbins is like the pain has got to get bad enough for you to change because you'll do anything to avoid that pain. And, and I reached that point in myself and, and I thought I've got to change something here. And so I started making a few shifts and these were the things that have literally changed my life that I now still live with today, which was one, I got support. I started working with a life coach and she um, was incredible for me. She actually helped me start to bring my attention back inwards and say, what's going on inside of you that's actually creating all this crap outside of you? Let's look at it from that perspective. Um, I started saying yes to what I loved. So to myself and what I loved was this work and teaching this work. So I started a little blog that was called A Life of Perfect Days. This was about five years ago when, four or five years ago, when no one really had blogs 
And everyone was like, what, you're writing a journal on the internet? <laughs> like, that's weird. Um, but, you know, but nothing made me come alive more than getting to teach this work. Uh, so I, I let myself do that. I, um, I started meditating. Now, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I would come home from work and just light candles and just sit in my yoga mat until I started to feel calm. Uh, sometimes it would take about an hour for me to actually feel calm, but I would just sit there and, and practice that every day. And um, I started focusing on who I was being rather than what I was doing because I remember my life coach saying to me, Connie, what if you stopped doing? What if you just did nothing? And that was the most profound concept. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> what, mm -hmm. what do you mean do nothing? And, and we started working on just being. Who do you want to be today? How do you want to feel today? Don't try to change your job. Don't try to change your body. None of that. Just focus on how you want to feel. And I said, all I want to feel is calm and happy. And so I just started focusing on that every day. And within six months, uh, that my whole life had completely changed. I had attracted a new relationship, a new job. I was living in a new home. My body had come into such a better state of health. I'd manifested $10,000 in my savings account. I don't even know how. But everything suddenly started to change. And I thought, wow, I'm really onto something here <laughs> with this, this inner work stuff. And since then, it's, it's sort of been a bit of a journey over the past few years of also making a transition out of my day job into starting up my own business. I completed my life coach certification. I, I fully leaped out of my job and just started working full-time as a coach. And since then, it's just this been this continual journey of finding more and more ways that I can share what has transformed my life with other people. So that's what I do now. Mm. I love that story. I want to just um, play that back to me every day and just <laughs> listen to it because it's it's so amazing and mirrors mine in so many ways. So I guess I want to know, did you ever, and can you pinpoint a point that you knew on your journey that you wanted to make this your career when you knew that um, personal development and coaching had made such a tremendous impact on your life that you wanted to make it a career for yourself and help other people do the same? Mm. Do you know what's funny? I think that voice probably came to me numerous times. I think the voice was knocking on the door lots of times saying, Connie, this is what you're here to do. You know, when I first came across it, um, particularly when I was reading that Anthony Robbins book, that I remember seeing an image of myself doing what he does, which is me up on stage mm. speaking to thousands of people. And I saw that. And I think the challenge that so many of us have when we start to here, whether you want to call it your inner guidance, your heart, your soul, talking to you saying, here's what you're meant to do, is that our mind comes in and questions it constantly. So I had that vision at age 20 that was like, this is you, girlfriend. This is what you're here to do. And, and I just... I was like, no, I can't do that. Little old me, that's not possible. And what are people going to think? And so we talk ourselves out of it. And I think it, the voice was coming to me through my entire 20s. Um, sometimes I would be at little crossroads where I would finish up at one job and be looking to apply for new jobs. And I would always sit with, should I go for a job that I've always done 
or should I go for something completely different? And I remember I went and worked in a natural therapy store for about six months where I was surrounded by energetic healers and, and um, aromatherapy and all this stuff because something in me said, this is the life that I want. But again, my head talked me out of it because I was afraid. So I feel like you know, that, that point at age 20 with, with Anthony Robbins, that was the first moment I received it. I think I received it numerous times, but we have to actually listen and we have to say yes to that voice. I think that's, that was what changed when I was about 27, 28 was I started listening. <laughs> I started yeah. saying yes. And that was when the, the change really happened. Mm. I think that's really important for people to take away that you, you always know you have to just listen. It's The voice is always there. It's just remembering to listen. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what advice do you have for people who are wanting to, to do what you did and to become an entrepreneur? And maybe we could talk about that transition period. Um, I know you have a great vlog, a video blog, talking about this and how transition times are really important and crucial and maybe some things people can remember during those times. Mm. A lot of what I teach is about listening to your heart and understanding the two voices that communicate to you. So we always have our mind, our, our logical, rational mind, which is really driven by fear and will very often tell us why we can't do something. And that's based a lot on our external programming, I'm uh, sorry, our, our past programming. So things we've learned throughout our life about ourselves, uh, what we believe is possible for us. And then, you, then you'll always have your heart, which is your feeling. It what, it's what feels right to you. It's what you love. It's what excites you, makes you feel like you're coming alive. And I think the first step is to actually identify the two different voices that are communicating to you because I think when the limiting voice of our mind comes in, we just believe it. We don't ever challenge it. We don't ever say, really? Is that the truth? We just kind of accept it. And we're like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't do that. But I guide people a lot into a process of really connecting with their heart. And that's a process of listening to what you feel. So whether you take time out each day, a lot of people do it through meditation and journaling to kind of connect with what you feel and, and ask yourself those questions like, what do I love? What excites me? What makes me come alive? If I wasn't afraid, what would I be doing? If I could create my life any way I wanted, what would I be doing? To give yourself permission to just let, to just put the mind to the side for a minute and let the heart speak and it speaks to you through what you feel and, and what excites you and makes you come alive. So I think the first step is to actually give ourselves the time and space to listen to what we love and listen to what we feel. And you'll notice your mind coming in, challenging you, but it's up to you to form a different relationship with your mind rather than, like I said, believing it. Start to question it. Start to say, am I really sure that I can't do this? What if I could? Can I open up to the possibility that maybe I could do this? And could I learn the skills that I need? And could I become that person? So I think we've really got to question and realize that fear voice is always just trying to keep you safe. 
because to follow your heart, you're very often going to have to step into the unknown and outside your comfort zone and maybe outside your ways of being where you know you receive love and acceptance. You might, you might have to take a risk on that. And, and so that was my experience, as you mentioned, when I made my transition. And it, it's so funny you mentioned that video I recorded because that was the first video blog I ever recorded. And I was petrified, but it's, it's the one that's been watched the most. People really resonate with it. And it was at the particular point where I had, I, uh, I was, I think, six or, six or nine months into my life coach training. I wasn't certified. I had just been doing my training. And at the same time, so I was training part-time, I was working with coaching clients part-time and I was working full-time. So I was in the transition, right? And it's such a challenging period because your energy is split between sort of two areas of focus yeah. and yeah, and, and on one level you're in a situation that you're really not happy with but you don't want to let that unhappiness affect what you want to create. So you kind of got to manage your energy with it and um, the... The transition for me, I think, you know, I think I say in there sometimes you do have to go through that period where you are doing both, where maybe you've got something that is a stepping stone while you're also building up your passion outside of that. Um, but there does come a point where something in you says, I can't do this anymore. I've got to take a leap. And I don't feel there is ever the exact right time. Situations, yep. circumstances are never going to be perfect. Um, there, I think it's going to be messy sometimes, and I think you've got to let it be messy. But you do reach a point, and this is this is just continuously checking in and tuning in. And I know you and I were just having this conversation before about when to know when's the right time to take a leap. But I think you have to just keep listening to yourself. And there's a difference between wanting to avoid and move away from where you are because you don't like it and you think this new career is going to make it better versus your heart saying to you, now is the time. Mm. You've got to go, right? And so I think it's individual, uh, but you've got to just be listening. And and it's, I guarantee you it will require risk. It will require uncertainty. You don't know how things are going to work out, so don't even try to plan it. But I did, I had a, a few little safety nets. So I quit my day job with only a part-time load of coaching clients and I lined up some casual work around that that I could draw on if I needed it. But my intention was, no, I'm going full-time into my business. And within six weeks, I'd actually manifested a full-time coaching load of clients, which had replaced my income. So I pretty much at the start of last year, so at the start of 2013, hit the ground running full-time into my business. That's amazing. And I think that's great that you shared that because it's great to show what's possible and that when you leap, the net will appear as it did for you. And I think that's really inspiring for for people to hear, you know, who want to become entrepreneurs, who want to take that leap, that are scared, but hearing positive examples like this can really help. And I really like a lot of the tips that you give in your um, video blogs that have really helped me. And one of them, um, and I just want to share this with people too, is that, you know, when you go to sleep, or I've been doing this, when I go to sleep, I'll write down three things that I did that day to move myself in the direction of my dreams. 
or of what I where I want to be and, and it can it doesn't necessarily have to be creating a business but if you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to manifest a relationship or three things that you did to move yourself in that direction and it's really great because some nights I'm like oh my gosh what did I and it's really hard and then some nights I have like seven but um, I think it, it during the day it really helps you because you're like all right well if I do this, then I can write this down tonight. You know, it kind of pushes you to do more things. So that's been an amazing tip. And then also just finding gratitude and enjoying where you're at and enjoying the transitional period and, and enjoying, you know, the, being at the job that you, you maybe don't love or, you know, being alone if you're not in a relationship and you want to be or whatever it is for you, but actually enjoying that time. And someone, um, one of my very first um, guests on the podcast said to me, that, you know, just enjoy whatever stage of your life you're in right now because you'll never be there again. So, you know, when you are, when you do have the business or the relationship or whatever, like that will be great too, but you could also just be happy where you are right now in this kind of funky, weird transitional time. Like that could be kind of fun too. So might as well, you know, it really just goes to like, make the best of it, make the best of where you're at. So, um, great tips that I loved from you that I wanted to add on there. Oh, and just, and just to touch on that, it's so beautiful what you're mentioning because it's about where we're putting our focus. And I think when we're in a transition, you're exactly right. It's so easy one to focus on where we are and what we don't like about where we are. And two, the feeling as though nothing is changing, like nothing's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like when am I ever going to get out of this situation? And I always go back to, I really uh, love the teachings of Abraham, Abraham Hicks. And they talk so much about your energy and your vibration and that no matter where you go you're always carrying this energetic vibration within you and if you leave you know your day job or a situation you don't like or a relationship you don't like and you're still carrying this vibration within you of discontent of frustration of resistance it doesn't matter where you go you're carrying that with you so you might go into a new relationship you might actually go and set up your business but if you're carrying that funky energy with you you're still going to create that in that new situation. So exactly what you're saying there is, is first of all, can you focus on and acknowledge all the incredible things you're doing, the things that are changing? You know, when I'm going through a period of change and I feel like nothing's happening, I do exactly what I recommended you guys do in that video, which is sit down each day and just make note of the tiny things. Even like I had my green smoothie today. I chatted to Katie on the radio. I spent an hour doing my meditation and it helps you really acknowledge how far you are coming and everything you're doing. And, And the more that you focus on that, the more you then create more opportunities for you to experience that. Because if you keep telling yourself all the ways nothing is happening, yeah. that's what you just keep manifesting, right? Yeah. So, so that's beautiful what you said. And then also that gratitude because, um, again, if you can, even if the only thing you can appreciate about your job at the moment is that it is the stepping stone that's supporting you to pursue your passion, at least spend the day in a state of gratitude for that yes. or appreciating that or being can you focus on who you're being rather than what you're doing because you may be doing this job you don't love but who are you being while you're doing it are you being resentful and and upset and frustrated or can you still be generous and open-hearted and playful even though you're in a situation that isn't perfect yes and and 
first of all, that exercise is like the best thing ever. You know, it's like you attract more of what you what you focus on expands, right? So if you can focus yeah. on the good stuff, you'll create more of that. But, you know, when you, when talking about the gratitude piece, I think a really great takeaway for people, um, especially with a, with a job, we'll use that example, but focus on what you do love about it. And even if you have to, like, make it a game, right? That, <laughs> that's kind of what I do is, like, like, when you start to have to pick those things out, they'll start to, like, flood you. And you'll mm. start to love it. And you'll, like, I even got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I love it so much. Maybe I'll never want to leave. Like, you know, maybe, like, yeah. it's just you start to feel so supportive and you start to feel like, how can I be helpful? How can I be of service in the current thing that I'm doing? Even if it's not what I dream about doing forever, but how can I enjoy where I'm at right now, the people I'm with right now? How can I just be present in it? Because it's so easy to look at it like, well, this isn't what I really want to be doing, so I'm just going to quickly get it done so I can go to the next thing, right? I'm going to just not be present and just get it done. And that just doesn't really work because what you notice is that when you are doing what you want, you're going to still approach it with that same energy. And that, that, that really hit me right there when you said that, Connie, about how, you know, if you're not in that, the energy never changes. So just focus on how you want to feel, you know, as Danielle Laporte says, like, what, how you feel matters so much more than, than what you're doing. So it really, like, if you want to feel a certain way, just feel that way now, not when you get the raise, not when you get the car, not when you get the relationship, just feel that way now, however you want to feel when you do have those things. And I think that's powerful, powerful. Um, Mm. That's a powerful way to live, right? Oh, I always say to people, it's your energy that creates your world, not your action. And I think we get so focused on the doing and it's that it's the energy behind it that's yeah. creating that. And I and that you, what you said also reminded me of something I heard Marie Folio say once, which is about people are like, um, how do I how do I find my purpose and my passion? And and we see it as such a doing thing, like I've got to be running the business I want to feel that. And she's like, no, you experience purpose and passion by bringing purpose and passion mm. to everything that you do. You do the dishes with purpose. You yes. catch the bus. With with purpose you show up and you answer that email with purpose or as you're saying with love with service you have the ability to almost be fulfilling your purpose right now based on who you're being it's not just what you're doing yeah that's so good and I don't know if if this was the same um Marie Forley when you heard her say that it was the same thing but I know on her episode with Gabby and Mastin Kip with Oprah they're they're talking about you know living with purpose and and being present in everything that you're doing and I know Oprah says this quote that you know really um had changed me deeply when I heard this and um she says you know I, I don't, she was like, I only make my bed on the weekends, but when I do, I pretend that I'm Martha Stewart. And she was like, <laughs> and I get into it with the throw pillows. And I, yeah. and, and that quote really changed me because it was like, oh, okay, even mundane things, do them like you're a pro, do them like you're a professional. And it's more fun that way. You know, like when you were a little kid and you were playing around with something, you would pretend like you were a pro when you were, you know, braiding your friend's hair, you pretended like you were a hairstylist, you know? So I think if you can bring that sense of purpose and passion into even the little things that you're doing, 
Um, it can change your whole approach and then it can just be more fun, which will in turn make you more happy. So mm. I think and that's just cool. To- yeah, just another tiny thing on that because I know sometimes when people in the transition and, and so many of us are starting up blogs these days and we have various online businesses and going back to what we said before, it's so easy to feel like things are happening really slow and, uh, you know, I have some of my clients say to me, well, I'm posting on Facebook but only like 20 people are there, you know, what's even the point? And I remember getting an email from Alex Franzen and she's an incredibly inspiring and, and super wise and she said, when you write your newsletter, pretend you're writing to a thousand people. Pretend you're writing to a million people. Pretend that every blog post you're writing is being read by thousands of people all around the world. And, and all of a sudden, you bring this completely different energy to it. Rather than being like, oh, yeah, this post, who's going to read it anyway? You're like, no, I'm really going to show up for this content because there are thousands of people reading this and I'm so on my purpose right now when I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Connie, because I literally just had that conversation with someone. (laughs) I had somebody um, emailed me, and and she's an amazing stylist, and she was, like, asking me some some blogging questions. And she was like, how do you – how did you make yourself write this blog when, you know, you know no one's reading it? And I was like, because I pretended like they were. (laughs) And it was just like, you have to pretend – that just like you said, that they are. And then, you know, another piece of that is like, even if people aren't, especially with blogging, even if people aren't reading that content today, that content becomes, just like Connie said about her very first vlog, mm. it becomes your archive. And when you do have 10 billion followers, people will love you and they'll want to see more of what you have. So they'll go back and go back and they'll look at that old content. So that content you're writing to three people you know, two of them are your mom and dad, you know, you know, (laughs) that content might be your archives and will be your archives in the future when your audience is huge. So write for that audience, write for your audience in 10 years, because that content's still going to be good and it's still going to be there. So I think that's a really good motivator and, um, it helps my friends. So hopefully that Mm. helps you guys too. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So my next thing that I want to talk about a bit is um, intuition. I want to dive into hearing our ing, our inner guidance, inner ding, so many names for it, but (laughs) I I want to talk a little bit about, so I guess this is like a scenario, right? When When you hear your intuition and you have the choice to follow it, but there's something within you that just doesn't want to you know that path is right you know that path will make you feel better and it will and sometimes you know you do but what do you say when you just don't want to do it there's something in you that's like I just don't want to do it how do you get yourself to follow it in that place Mm. beautiful question I love that question and I think this is so um I think so many people would experience this when the first step is actually really connecting with your intuition. But when you've got there is actually realizing that it's going to start calling you towards things that are maybe a bit new and uncomfortable and unfamiliar. I feel, I feel it's so much of uh, living intuitively is about living consciously and is about being very present because in each moment you have, you might have that 
inner voice coming through, guiding you to something. It might even be something as small as make this food choice over that. Go to yoga class, wake up a little bit earlier, go and write that blog post, whatever it's saying. And if you can be incredibly present with that feeling and then be incredibly present with what's going on in terms of the resistance and become conscious of that resistance, you're going to have a little bit of a chance to start to tackle it. And I'll, I'll share with you a few ways that maybe you can tackle it from that perspective. But when it's, you know, I think sometimes the our mind comes in so quickly, it's such a, new, a knee-jerk reaction that we don't even realize what it is that's going on. We're just like, oh, I just feel a, a block, I feel a resistance. And and I don't want to do that, and I don't yeah. want to follow it. And then we, we just, just and then we just autopilot. Yeah, because we're unconscious. Because right. what is happening is unconscious programming is driving us in that moment versus our conscious choice to follow our intuition. So I feel like that that's the first thing is realizing we're kind of being a bit driven by our unconscious programming right then and there, and we need to stop and actually catch that. So the practice of being able to what I actually like to do is, is um, feel into the feeling. So, so there might be a feeling that's come through for something and I actually put my hand on my body where I feel it because it helps me connect with it more. So I put my hand on my feeling and I kind of feel into it and I kind of ask myself, what am I feeling? And it might be um, a desire to go do something, to say something, to share something. And, and I feel like we need to really stop in that moment and just listen for a second. So I stop and I listen. And then I'll very often, I do it with my journal, um, but people can do it however they want. I feel like I need to get the resistant thoughts that's blocking me out of my head and onto paper so I can yep. see them. I feel they carry so much less weight when you can see them versus when they're rolling around in your head. So I'll kind of be like, okay, so a feeling has come through, a desire, an idea, something that I know feels right for me. So first, I just need to acknowledge that, that I can feel it. And then let me write down what's the resistance here? What is this about? And I'll just do a stream of consciousness of writing, just kind of like, oh my, what is my head saying to me? It's saying... um, Let's see if we can think of an example. Can you think of an example where this has played out for you or I can think of something that we can talk about? So I think, you know, even the simple thing of like waking up early to to get things done that you know it'll set your day off on the right foot in that moment when you wake up and you're tired and it's raining and all you want to do is just (laughs) cuddle up back in bed, but you know that it will set your day off better, you'll get more done, you'll be able to get in your yoga practice and everything and it'll just run smoother. But in the moment, you just want to go into the unconscious, you just want to shut off your intuition, or at least I'm totally speaking from experience here, yeah. and, um, and get back into bed. And then, and then it's kind of the spiral because then I wake up and I feel guilty and I feel sad and I feel rushed <laughs> um, yeah. and I still feel tired. So, you know, I think for me, like, get it, focusing on the after instead of the before is really important. Like, focus on how good it will feel when I do wake up. And, um, you know, the big thing for me, I think, is, like, when I do it once, I feel good, but I feel like a fraud. I feel like, oh, well, it's just that thing I did once. I'm not actually someone who wakes up at 5 a.m. But then when you're consistent at it, I'll feel better. But there's always days where you fall off, and then I go right back into feeling like, oh, you know, I did it again, and you just spiral. So I think it's like staying in that, like, 
just one day at a time and tiny, small, right actions and focusing on that. But do you have any feedback there, Connie? Mm. You know, what you've mentioned, I think, is something that can uh, play out. I do this with with wanting to manifest something as well, whether I'm manifesting something external or I'm manifesting a change in my behavior or a change in the way I do something. So, so when I said that feeling comes to you, it does often very come, very often come in end result. So this is what I want to create or experience. I want to see myself getting up early and doing this. I want to, um, you know, have that blog post finished. I want to leave my day job. I want to live in a home like this. And you kind of have the desire drop in. So I will, I will write down the desire. I'm like, okay, this is the end outcome. And you might write out what it looks like for you if you were following this, this feeling. And then it's again, it's okay. Well, what is all? Because it's an energetic alignment thing. It's like something is getting in the way of you aligning with that way of being, aligning with that end result, aligning with that manifestation. So you've got to figure out what's going on inside of you that's getting in the way of that. So you might write out all of these stories like, oh, I'm not the type of person who can. I'm not self-disciplined. Um, it's too hard. Oh, I'm lazy, whatever it is. And you kind of just start to see it. You want to get clear on what it is that's blocking you. And then I go through a process of, of working through that, seeing can I challenge that? Can I question those? Is that the truth? Um, when I hear those thoughts coming in, observing them, noticing them, and then saying, okay, am I going to choose to believe them or am I going to reconnect with my desire? And exactly what you said, even if you can't get out of bed that morning, just keep holding your energy in connection with what you want and eventually you're going to feel pulled to follow it. It's like the energy pulls you towards it if you hold yourself. But I feel what happens is rather than holding ourselves in what we want, our attention drifts onto all the ways we're not doing it. So we're now holding ourselves in alignment with not doing it because that's what we're focusing on. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think that makes really great sense. And and I heard this recently from um, a blogger that I really like, and she was talking about the power of visualization. And yeah. Um, just to use my example as an example <laughs> with um, waking up. So like for me, like I'll plan at least my morning the night before. And then when I'm lying in bed, I'll visualize what the best possible morning would look like. And it would be me waking up and, you know, doing my meditation and doing my exercise and writing for a bit and getting dressed leisurely and listening to you know, something inspiring, blah, 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 you know, really get clear and visualize it. And that's a powerful, powerful tool for me because instead of the alternative, what I used to do, which was be, which would be like, this could go wrong tomorrow, this could go wrong tomorrow. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't say to myself, I'm going to sit here and visualize all these negative outcomes. It was just, it was just, um, you know, intuitive for me to do. And this, this blogger said that we so often are visualizing what would just whatever you visualize materializes period whether mm. you're visualizing something negative something positive and she said she made the point that we're constantly visualizing negative things and that's why negative things happen to us because visualizing negative things is worry whenever you worry you're just visualizing what you don't want so mm. i think if we can start to keep visualizing keep doing that just shift it to shift your worry to we should just make it a new word, but only positive things. So mm. I think, um, you know, that's been a really powerful tool for me and, and using the power of visualization. Do you have any, um, anything to add about the power of visualizing Connie? 
Mm, but even just, just to um, add another point to that there, you understand that with the visualization, you're connecting with the energy of what you want. You're starting to align your energy with what you want. Mm. And so sometimes also, if you realize that, okay, I can think these thoughts, which you've written out, which connect me with what I don't want, align my energy with what I don't want and cause me to be like that. You, you Once you connect with your, your end vision, write out, okay, what would I need to be telling myself, believing, thinking in order to be aligned with that? So you're, you're connecting your energy with that end result and then you're working with your mind as well. Okay, so if I was that person, what would I be saying to myself? What would I be believing about myself? What would I be focusing on? So then you're starting to work with bringing your whole, your energy and your mind into alignment with that end result. Um, and, and I really believe it's so important with visualization to actually not project it into the future because I think that can happen a lot. I like to visualize with the feeling of it's happening now. Mm. I am it now. I'm being it now. So I use visualization for the purpose of feeling that way now, not saying, oh, this is, gonna how, this is how I'm going to feel in six months. This is what my life will be like two months from now. It's like if I can close my eyes and I can see it, and I can feel it, then energetically it's almost like it's already here. And if I can keep holding myself in that space, you might even spend time, um, Katie, in your meditation before you go to bed, embodying what it would feel like to be that woman who wakes up early and has this morning practice. So you feel her and you be her. And the more that you embody it by visualizing and feeling it, the more, you know, we just spoke about, energetic vibration before, the more you're going to start to attract things from your external world that support you to be that and to start living it now. So I think it's really important with visualization to use it for the purpose of helping you feel and embody it in this moment. Otherwise, it just always becomes a future event that you never arrive at. Ooh, Ooh, I really like that. So, okay, I want to go a little bit deeper Mm. there. So now... I see what you're saying for, you know, the example that we were using before about the, the mornings or waking up. But yeah. when you're visualizing something that you want to occur, that you're just, you're just not simply there yet because you're, it's something you're wanting to attract into your life. How do you, how do you mean you still assume that it was happening now, even though it's something that you still have more steps to work towards to be there. Does that make sense? It does make sense. You know, and this requires a certain um, mindset, which, which takes a bit of time to kind of wrap your head around. But I see it from quite a quantum physics perspective, from an energy perspective, right? Okay. And, and from quantum, quantum physics perspective, there's only one moment. There's only the moment now. And everything that uh, exists or could be created already exists energetically the potential for it already exists and and the i believe the process of manifestation is not about uh creating something new i mean i think they even say energy cannot be created or destroyed it just it it always always exists Uh, but it's it takes different forms so everything exists in this high vibrational energetic state of possibility and then by holding our attention, our focus, our energy on something, we start to uh, bring more and more atoms and molecules together and it starts to become denser. It starts to move down from just particles of energy into solid matter. 
So the way I imagine it is when I close my eyes and I feel myself as an energetic being. I hope this isn't going over anyone's heads, but no, this, this is, is how, so I, how I do it. Higher level stuff. I, I'm yeah. going to do it. So I, I, I close my eyes and I connect with myself as an energetic being because that's what I am in essence and I feel my own vibration. And then I connect with the energetic vibration of what I want and I see it as being in this one moment now already existing in an energetic form, not in a physical form yet. So I connect with it. For example, I'm looking at manifesting a new apartment because I'm going to be moving home. So when I close my eyes and I'm, and I'm in my meditation, I can feel the energy of my apartment, what it looks like, what it would feel like to be in it. It already exists somewhere. It's, it's also, you know, I say this to people when you want to manifest your soulmate, a relationship, that person already exists. You don't have to manifest them out of thin air. They're already here. They're just not physically in your world as yet. So that apartment already exists. And so energetically, it's there. It's done. I can feel it. And my job is to connect with it as much as possible. And by giving my energy to it, I start to bring it into denser and denser forms and down into tangible, tangible form so that it's in my reality. And this is where things where, you know, we have to work through our resistance and our limiting beliefs because if you're ever in a state of doubt, worry, fear, you're energetically blocking your connection with that, the energy of what you want. So when you can hold yourself in a space of energetically, it's done. It's here. The potential already exists. It's now just my job to stay open and receptive, to connect with the feeling of having it and to allow it to become denser and denser and denser before it eventually falls in my lap in form. That's mm. how I see it. So good. I, I just keep hearing that my, like, my favorite quote from A Course in Miracles, those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. And that's like my yes. huge mantra like on repeat lately. So I love that so much. I'm so mm. glad that we went there with visualization. I think that'll really help a lot of people. Mm. It, it takes a bit of work. It takes a bit of practice um, to really ex open your mind to this kind of stuff. But, you know, as a starting point, I would just encourage people just to feel what it feels like to have it. And yes, you're going to open your eyes and be like, okay, it's not here. But, but the more that you can connect with it and feel it, you've got to trust you are magnetizing it towards you every time you hold yourself in the same energetic vibration of what you want. Yeah, and I think it really goes back to you know what we were talking about before, which is just um, the concept of feeling how you want to feel now in your life with whatever you're doing, but also in your visualization. So, you know, just figure out those core desired feelings and then just feel those things now. Feel them in your visualization, feel them when you're at work, feel them when you're driving in the car, and just feel it as much as possible. What would it take for you to feel that way? And, and I think that that'll really make your entire life just feel better and feel yeah. that way. I heard Danielle Laporte speak live in in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. Oh, she yeah. is in, she is incredible that woman. Love her. Yeah. Um, but you know, so much of what she she talks about is not necessarily having goals because I think, particularly, let's say for example, your situation of maybe wanting to transition out of a day job and set up a business. Let's say, if you focus purely on the goal of that, the shape and form of that, 
I want to have a business that looks like this. And you don't focus on how you want that to feel. You're going to get that business, but it may not make you feel yes. how you want to feel. Yes. But if you focus on I want to feel of service, I want to feel fulfilled, passionate, connected and alive. Let's just say they're your feelings. If you say it doesn't even matter what shape or form things come in as long as they feel like that, then you're like, okay, cool. Well, my business could be whatever it is, but it's going to make me feel this way. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that concept from Danielle Laporte, again, mm. deeply changed me because when I heard that and I, she, you know, she gives the example of people, you know, want to feel this way when they have the new car, when they get the vacation or whatever it is, and then they feel and they're like, meh, you know, or you, you reach a goal and it's like, oh, this is it. Or you far yeah. exceed a goal and you're like, eh should have done more or you you know you don't you never really feel so it's just like go ahead and feel that way right now and I think that's so available to people and um again it's a practice and it's you think that you need certain things to feel your feelings that you want but you can just feel them so I think Mm -hmm. that's huge um so speaking a little bit more about um being an entrepreneur and the entrepreneurial mindset and it's you know, it's maybe not something for everyone, but I, but I know a lot of people listening to it have have that um, bone in their body. So I would love to know um, your greatest big wins from being an entrepreneur and, and being a coach and maybe even things you've seen in your clients and things that you've learned along the way and advice you have um, since you started your business. Mm. You know, I want to say to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, um, I don't come from that background at all. You know, I, I, when I started my business, I had zero business experience. My background was in not-for-profit, so it was all about selfless service, you know, not about making money. And I worked with families who had uh, a family member who had a disability, and I would support the families and provide programs and services. So it doesn't matter what your background or experience is, you can be an entrepreneur if you've got that, you've got to have something that you are so passionate about. I feel like you have to be really intrinsically and internally motivated because you're not always going to get the external results right away and things aren't always going to work out. But if you have that burning fire within you that says, I'm here to do something, I'm here to create something, you know, that's going to carry you through Because as I said to you, I feel like this has been an incredible journey. It's not a destination. You never arrive. You never get there. It's a constant unfolding of this journey. So you have to, um, you have to be very internally motivated and focused on your vision of what you want to create, your big why of why you're doing what you're doing. And that will pull you forward beyond all of the, you know, because I've had things like, where I'm like, can I pay my rent this week? And is that program going to sell? I'm taking a massive risk. Is this going to work? You know, lots of stuff externally, but you have to have that strong burning passion internally. Um, And I feel some of the, the biggest successes of this journey for me have actually been internal successes where I have blasted through something that I didn't think was possible the in itself, the fact that I'm living this three years ago was just a dream. And I, I was one of those people who always had the dream and never thought I would get there. And to now be living it where I get to spend every day doing what I love. I live by the beach and I and I have the most incredible lifestyle and I make probably 
three times the amount of money I was making in my not-for-profit job. And, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the dream is manifested. And it's the moments when I realize that you suddenly realize, yes, anything is possible. I promise you it is. And, and being able to support my clients who come to me saying, I want this, I want that, and, and there's all that doubt. But to be able to guide them through a process where they can then, after a few months, say, wow, I actually achieved that. Oh, my goodness. I've just blown this whole limiting belief out of the water. And another massive highlight for me was um, getting to start running live events. So I started running workshops in Sydney and I also have my online radio show, as you mentioned. And I know so many of us have a passion but also a fear around that passion and it's kind of um, they go hand in hand. So I love to speak. I love to share my message through speaking. I love to speak to people in a live audience but I was absolutely petrified of public speaking, petrified. And um, and I remember when I made that shift and this is again that quantum leap in yourself where you suddenly um, blast through a block where you suddenly see yourself in a different way or, or realize your potential. And um, I just remember there was just this, this heart feeling that was like, I have to speak to people. And I was petrified, but I thought, I don't even care if I make a mistake. I don't care if this is crap. I just have to follow what my heart is calling me towards. And I sat up there in front of these women and I thought, the only way I can do this is if I'm in my heart and I speak from my heart. So I didn't plan the, the workshop. I very much spoke off the cuff for about two hours and I just spoke from my heart to their heart. And it was the most incredible experience um, and I received such beautiful feedback. So it's those moments for me. I mean, I've had a lot of incredible external stuff happen, um, you know, with just how my business has grown and expanded. But I think the journey of being an entrepreneur is is so powerful for your own personal growth because you're constantly having to blast through your own upper limits and your own limiting beliefs. And when you do, you break through to this whole new level of empowerment and it's the most incredible journey. It's incredible. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So... Now I want to get personal with you and ask the question that's my favorite question to ask everyone who comes on the show. You might know what I'm going to ask. but yeah. um, So could you walk us through your morning routines and any specifics for how you start your day and how that's important for how the rest of your day goes, maybe the first couple of things? Mm. And just on that quickly, I just want to share with people, I used to have a really rigid morning routine thinking I had to cram so much in and do so much. And since I've simplified it, it's so much more supportive for me. So I personally, I wake up around 5 or 5.30. I, I love the morning, so I'm an early riser. Yeah, I, I make my green smoothie the night before, so I have it in the fridge waiting for me so I don't have to worry about that. So I will usually get my jar of green smoothie, get um, a warm cup of tea, and I'll come and roll out my yoga mat in my bedroom, light some candles, and sit. I usually allocate about an hour. And in that time, sometimes I move through yoga poses if I feel to. Sometimes I spend the whole time journaling. Sometimes I draw my little oracle cards and get some guidance. Sometimes I just stare at the candles and sit in stillness. It's whatever I feel, but I give myself that time, that chunk of time in the morning to connect with myself, to be still, to uh, 
start to mentally prepare for my day and, and, and set some intentions about how I want to feel and how I want the day to unfold. But I've decided to take out a lot of the rigidness around what that hour needs to look like and I let it just be very fluid based on what I feel. So that's the most supportive thing for me. Mm, I love that so much. It like gives me chills. <laughs> um, so now on the other end of the day, can you walk us through your evening rituals and maybe like the last three things you do at night and relaxing, getting ready for bed? I've only just recently started an evening routine and it's so beautiful. I actually do almost like the reverse of what I do in the morning. Like it's the same thing. I will light candles, roll out the yoga mat and sit and maybe just reflect on the day. You know, as you've mentioned, that practice of jotting down some really beautiful things that happened that day, things that I did, acknowledging myself, bit of gratitude. Um, and I usually do a little bit of an energetic meditation where I just bring my attention inwards and imagine myself as a big light beam of energy. At the moment, the image of a diamond comes to me a lot. So I just imagine myself as this shining diamond and I just let myself connect with that energy before I kind of roll into bed. So I'm taking that with me. I love that. That's a nice one too. Mm. Um, all right. So now are you ready for some quick fire questions? Rock and roll. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Favorite color? Oh, um, I would initially say pink, but I think it's purple now. <laughs> nice. Favorite yoga pose? Oh, downward dog. Love it. Simple, yeah. but just simple, but just I love going there. It's like home base. It's a good it one. It is. Oh, just grounding, stretches out the hips. It's nice. Yeah. Inversion too. Exactly. Favorite day of the week? Saturday. Favorite hour of the day? My morning, 5 a.m., precious time to myself. Yeah, I think the mornings are just magic time. Mm. That's why I'm so sad if I miss them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you structure your days to keep balance in your life? So what are are some daily, in the middle of the day routines that you do to kind of check in with yourself and make sure you stay conscious? Mm. Um, I actually take a lot of mini breaks throughout the day and I call them realignment breaks and they're just, I just will notice my energy. If I'm doing something and I'm getting tense or I'm pushing, I'm like, okay, time to step away. And sometimes I will just lie on my back on the floor and just take some deep breaths and just five minutes just to bring my energy back down into being rather than the doing, gotta have, blah, blah, blah. And I might do some journaling and reflecting on what I'm feeling. But I feel like it is a practice of being conscious of what's going on inside of you because we can prioritize doing over being so much. So I just have to keep noticing how am I feeling, who am I being while I'm doing this, and if it's not aligned, I'll take a break and I'll ask myself, what do I need right now? And it might be to lie on the floor, to go for a walk, to have a cup of tea, to listen to someone on YouTube, something to just bring me back into alignment and then I move forward again through my day. So good. So Mm -hmm. when do you hear, when and where do you hear your intuition voice the loudest? My intuition is actually a feeling more so than a voice and it can come to me at any time I find the shower is pretty good me too yeah something Um, about it 
I know, right? I find um, my morning meditation, I get a lot of guidance with that as well. Usually when I'm on the move. So sometimes I'm just walking down the street and yeah. stuff will kind of drop in for me. It's usually when I'm, I'm in movement, um, my, bot, my mind is relatively switched off and I'll just get a feeling about something. And I'll be like, oh. But other times, you know, it comes to me when I'm working as well. It's usually though the moments where the mind is less active. <laughs> yeah, for me, walking is just, I've realized yeah. this recently um, as I've been walking more because the weather's been nicer, but it's, um, yeah, that's it for me. Just when I'm walking, you know, listening to something, like that's when it all just floods me. I, I love it so much. I think it's so important when you're in a space of maybe confusion or overwhelm or stress. So often we try to sit there and figure it out. But I'm the same as you. All I need to do is go for a walk. Yeah. And one, it either clears my head or two, just bits of clarity drop in. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this is about. Yeah, 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 so true. Mm. So what are you most excited about in your life? And what are you doing maybe that you're afraid of but you're doing anyways? Mm. I'm actually just signing on to work with a new coach myself for the next six months. And I feel... Um, a lot of what we're working on is really dropping into deep soul and feminine energy, really awakening that divine feminine, which is something uh, that I've struggled a little bit to connect with a lot, but feels very powerful to me. Um, and I want to be really expanding how I'm showing up in the world. So actually showing up in a bigger way, sharing more, shining brighter, running bigger events, speaking um, in a bigger way through my online platforms. There's just this energy of expansion which feels uncomfortable, um, but I feel pulled to it. So I just feel like it's going deeper within myself and also surrendering more to my soul being the driver of my life rather than my mind and then letting that flow through my work. I don't uh, and writing a book. There's got to be a book that's going to come out this year. And um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yay. I'm excited too. Um, what is your favorite vegetable? Oh, this is a big question. Avocado. Is avocado oh, yeah. fruit or a vegetable? I don't I think, know, but I love I think, it. I only know from asking these questions that it's a, it's a fruit, but I love it. And I'd probably say it for vegetables. But I'll let you choose for fruit if you want to pick a different one. Um, oh, I, every, anything that's green comes to mind. I love kale, love broccoli, love spinach. I just love them. Nice. What about favorite fruit then? Well, can we go avocado? Totally, totally. Yeah, I don't really eat much other fruit apart from um, my morning lemon water. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. Favorite way to relax? Uh, candles, anything with candles, oh, just too. literally lighting a candle and sitting with it, that will zen me out in a second. Me too. I go through them so fast. Since, yes. I, since I work from home, I can't like work without it and I can't, you know, meditate without it. And it's just like, I go through them so fast. It's an expensive habit, but worth every penny. <laughs> I swear if you're feeling stressed at all, just turn off the lights and light a few candles and it literally calms you down yeah. immediately. Yeah, mm. and Natalie McNeil has this great. Have you seen that, Connie? It's like this great. Um, it recal it refocuses your eyes if you've been like looking at a computer for a long time. If you stare at a candle in a certain way for a certain mm -hmm. amount of time, it's super cool. So, I love yeah. that. Yeah, just focusing on the flame is yeah. really yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Um, so, if you were a superhero, what superhero power would you like to have for a day? 
These are good questions. Um, Oh, I know it's probably a standard answer, but who wouldn't say flying? I think that would be so incredible. Yeah. I know. We would just like be hanging out in person right now. We'd fly to each other. I think that's pretty special. We could just, yeah, you could just zip across the other side of the world and be like, hey, I'm here. What's up? Let's do our morning (laughs) practice together. (laughs) But also just to do some like somersaults in the air. I think that would be pretty special. Yeah, just like physically it'd be really fun. Yeah, totally. Um, All right. Favorite movie? Um, oh, look, I'm not a massive movie buff. I, um, but, oh, I love Love Actually. That Me movie. too. I love just it be- too. It's so good. It's just so much love in that movie that it's incredible. Um, I also love What the Bleep, Do We Know? Yeah, it's I know so it's good. messes with your head something chronic, but it is the most fascinating movie. Um yeah, so I'm going to have to say those. Those are so good. We should have yeah. a movie night. Favorite totally. book? <laughs> oh, that's a toughie. I'm obsessed with books. How do I ever choose? Do you know what? I have a book um, by a lady named Sanaya Roman. It's a channeled book mm. and it's called Spiritual Growth. And it's the book that I just always go back to. It's so beautiful. Um, and the other book I would say is Conversations with God, Neil Donald oh, yeah. Walsh. That book changed my life when I read that. Um, and I'm going to have to stop there because I've literally, I, I'm a books are my obsession. <laughs> it's so funny. My, my coach, I, when I had her on the show, she said that exact same book. So funny. Really? Yeah. Favorite song? Mm, good question as well. Um, Oh, I can't even think. What you know what? I love Radiohead. They're my favorite band. And uh, what do I love? What would be my favorite song from them? Um, High and Dry? No, there's actually a song called The Pyramid Song, which is quite depressing and sad. No, I love but, that song too. But it's <laughs> yeah. a beautiful song and I, and I love it. Yeah, I'm going to say that song. That's such a good song. Yeah. It is. Oh, my gosh. This was so, so fun, Connie. So my very, very last question um, is a great one. So Mm -hmm. as you know, the name of this blog and this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? The word word wonderland to me is play. It's light. It's fun. It's like a – um, a dancing energy so I feel like it's kind of dancing moment by moment with the energy that moves through you which is an energy of love which is always guiding you to what to your wellness whether that's mental emotional spiritual whatever is truly well for you so I feel like it's kind of an ability to be fluid and flexible and dance through life with this beautiful energy of love guiding you I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Oh, my goodness. It's been incredible chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I've really, really enjoyed it. Yay. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Jailbout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. 
and never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.